Hello, I'm Kristen Perisonotto. And I'm Hannah Ferguson, and we're co-founders of Cheek Media Co. This is the Weekly Cheek Podcast. I don't think anyone has much negative stuff to say about the suffragettes. No. I don't think they're, they're, they're safe. And- I was actually looking in this, into this today because I thought it would go here and you'd try and do this and attack me. <laughs> Violate my human rights with this bullshit. It is repulsive. It's mm-hmm. repugnant. I cannot spit into this microphone harder about it. <laughs> First things first, I don't really, I actually didn't know much about the waves before we okay. decided to do this. Yeah. Um, that's pretty poor on my behalf, but I think it's... there's a general aura around what you know about like first, second, third wave. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's kind of like first wave, suffragettes, women got the vote. Second wave, it's like. It's more sex. And also bra burning. Yeah. Like it's got very negative It's more of a sexualized, yeah. sexually charged, like we want to have our emotions, voices, things heard generally. Yes. In more things like power and relationships, power in the workforce, those yeah. sorts of things I feel. And I think it was also the time that, I don't know if this is just a stereotype or if it's based on, I'm sure it's based on some type of fact, but women were perceived to be trying to be a bit more masculine. So trying to kind mm. of bring themselves up to match men. Yeah, I completely agree. It changed from being like, we want the first elements of like the right to vote yep. to going to a much bigger, more plausible gender equality stance. Yes. Yeah. So the reason we decided to do this podcast is because I had a gripe about Mm. people on the internet have been recently that I've noticed, but I don't know if it's something that's been ongoing, have been kind of throwing stones at the second wave feminists and accusing them of not being real feminists because of the lack of intersectionality in the wave. And I guess I suppose to kick things off, I'll just say that I don't think it's fair to hold people from the past to the same standard as we have in the future. It's like how people talk about friends and say that it's problematic, even though in the 90s when it was made, Mm. it was something that was kind of normal and run of the mill. So for me personally, I just don't like friends. I think it's shite. I'm editing that out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually was reading about this this morning. I agree with you. But my thing more is I think it's okay to hold prominent individuals from that movement to account from the second wave. But I don't like the fact that the entire movement of the second wave is shat on because there are specific leading individuals from that movement who have kind of are kind of now considered right wing or moderates. Do you mean hold them to account now? I mean it I want them I want specific people to be held to account now if they're saying things that are derogatory towards Or that they're saying things about things they're saying now or things that they said back then? Or does it depend what it is? Sorry, things they're saying now. Yeah. So my example is I think it was Jermaine Greer. When the whole Weinstein thing came out, there was a line about like, well, if women open their legs to a film producer to get a role, then come out a decade later whinging about it when it's popular. Yeah. That's not okay. Mm. And I was like, well, that's a fucking horrible thing to say, quite frankly. And I think that sort of shit doesn't fly. But I agree with you in the sense that if people said, especially progressive people in the 50s, 60s, 70s, like when they say things in that era, it's really hard for us to come out now and say... Oh wow! It's like different time. Yeah, yeah. It's really hard because it's like I don't know what I would have been like if I was born and alive then. Yeah, I have no idea what sort of of standard I would hold myself to. Mm -hmm. Um, and I I don't think it's fair to like I think it's completely fair if they come out now swinging the bat at fourth and third wave feminists and saying like oh I'm not agreeing with the the more progressive tones that have come out. Mm -hmm. I think seriously grow up like yeah you need to keep moving or your voice will die in this movement and your value it's it's like the jk rowling thing like the value of her work has been completely undercut mm-hmm. by her current comments yeah and it's not okay to say it's not okay to criticize her for maybe something that she said when she was 18 mm-hmm. but it's completely fair to say well like look i'm actually not interested in inhaling your work like yeah. consuming what you create now because of your current comments yes it's just like i think that we can hold people accountable for what they say today especially if they were an activist in their own era in the same field in the past i think yeah. it's like i don't know what i'm going to struggle with as a feminist in the future mm-hmm. there's probably going to be something unforeseeable in 30 years that i'm like do i agree with that yeah but i just doubt i'll come out wielding a sword to stab the people that are a part of the movement that i'm currently holding and, and, yes. and starting and, and working for exactly and it definitely goes both ways i think i don't think anyone has much negative stuff to say about the suffragettes no. <laughs> like, i think they're, they're, they're safe and fine and honestly it just seems like so long ago that yeah. it's um really hard to even like try to understand what they experienced yes um Um, but I think, yeah, it definitely goes both ways. I think I feel disappointed in 
the you know older feminists who kind of um you know scoff at what we're doing these days as well because i think like you know it's one movement and i think that as third slash fourth wave feminists that we are we should be looking back and appreciating the way that was paved for us yes in you know arguably worse circumstances and i only i only say arguably to save myself to be honest because, <laughs> like we are in much better circumstances thanks to yeah. them as in we two white young women in australia yes um but i yeah i also think that it should be going both ways like we should all be having some respect for one another and i when i say that i guess i'm talking about the movement as a whole not really individuals agreed and i think and for me my biggest gripe with this sort of um critique of like different movements kind of just lashing out at other movements Sorry. is kristen is just like <laughs> doing some weird swallow choke <laughs> thing with her drink um i think my biggest gripe is like as a feminist movement, are we seriously attacking each other? Mm. The entire purpose is that the issue is not us. Yeah. And we are the answer. Yes. Right? Yeah. And instead, it's the classic internalized misogyny just, mm-hmm. you know, swinging its last bat, coming back and going, oh, you know what? I actually think I'm going to attack women of the past <laughs> instead of taking aim at the actual people that matter. Fucking men. Yeah. Like, I don't understand that. Like, oh, God. It doesn't make sense to me at all when the common goal is actually the fundamentally the same. Yeah. It's the way that people act on that common goal that mm-hmm. is different and diverse. And then instead of kind of going, well, we're all, instead of aligning, we're playing into the trope that all men have, you know, oppressed us with all the time, which is like women attack each other and women aren't for each other. Yeah. Men band together over everything. Yes. Men are the locker room shitheads. Like, oh my God, it's so sad to me that, that people who are, very progressive feminists want to turn around and you know critique what happened 50 years ago when in reality you're you're completely misfiring you're completely Mm -hmm. losing the point which is that's exactly what they want that's exactly what's going to hinder progress and success Mm -hmm. it's like just keep going forward yes exactly and it's it's just very ironic frankly it is okay so there was a bit of a gap between the suffragettes and the second wave feminist movement really took off and I'm not saying that there were no prominent feminists between that, those times because there were, but in terms of large scale movements, yeah. um, you know, organizing rallies, etc., there wasn't really too much going on in that, in that gap. Mm. It was about 50 or 60 years, I think. And then second wave feminists were the women who kind of pushed for, you know, things like um, more fair work conditions, going, actually having the option to go back to work yeah. after is, kids. Is second wave Roe versus Wade? I think it is. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, yeah, abortion, things yes. like that. It's going further in terms of healthcare, workforce, yes, relationship exactly. equality. Yes, exactly. And I think that there are definitely, because my mum is um, pretty typical second wave feminist, mm. she's Gen X, and so there are a lot of things that we disagree on. Yeah. And obviously I think she's wrong, but she thinks I'm wrong. So that's fine. But but she's not someone who's going to stand up and be like, oh, these young feminists, they are like spitting in the face of what we did <laughs> back, yeah. you know, a few decades ago. And I think that, and this doesn't, this kind of transcends the waves even. Mm. Sometimes there are elements of feminism that you either don't agree with or part of the movement that you're just kind of not really on board with, whether, or, whether it's because you disagree or because you just don't know. Yeah. And there are some issues that are just not your fight like i say this all the time like i have my issues i know what's my fight and some things are not my fight because i don't know about them or i'm never going to be have the lived experience and i prefer to just you know pass it on to someone else look to someone else for those directions but i don't even if i disagree i'm not you know standing up on a podium and shouting about you know the things that i disagree with about modern feminism there are plenty of things that i disagree with but i just think the most value you can do thing you can do is shut your mouth like Jermaine Greer yeah if you think that I uh, I don't empathize but I understand how you could come to that conclusion exactly because there are lots of second wave feminists who are like oh my god we tried so hard to you know smack men's hands away in the workplace when they were touching our bums or just getting on with it and ignoring them and now we see these women coming out and making a big stink and 
we feel that they're taking the spotlight away from what's important. I understand that you may think that, even though I disagree. I, do <laughs> I disagree. I fundamentally highly, hate you for that. <laughs> Just kidding. But like, if you, there's a difference between you, someone holding a thought like that and like someone like Jermaine Greer going out in the public eye and, mm-hmm. and spouting it everywhere, like that's not helpful. Yeah. And I just think that having a bit of perspective, like just because it didn't happen to you, like yes. how do you know if you're not in that position, you have no idea really what no, it's like. I completely agree. And and with the specifics in, in kind of like what I'm really passionate about in terms of like specific issues of gender equality, it's kind of just for me like you need as a feminist in order to one, survive and, and two, thrive in making your arguments, mm-hmm. work out which hills are you willing to die on yes. in these circumstances? And honestly, gender equality is overall one of them for me. Yeah. But it's also like, I am not educated in every forum of discussion and discourse. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not. And I don't know if I will be. And it's like, I, it's a constant battle of like, well, you need to do better. And I think with activists currently, there's this whole stigma around like, well, you have to be up on everything and you have yes. to share everything every single day. Yeah. And I get it and I respect it, but it's really, really difficult because you're kind of not committing always the requisite level of like attention and knowledge to certain issues if you're Mm -hmm. trying to cover it all. Exactly. And I'd rather know a lot about a few things that I can help make actual change in. It's something this really reminds me of is like, we both watched the Hillary Clinton docuseries on SBS. It's really, really good. Yeah, worth your four hours. I wouldn't, I'm not going to go with Queen. But I really liked the documentary and it taught me a lot about her that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I would have voted for her regardless in 2016, like, obviously. Yeah. I don't know if there was two female candidates who I would vote for. Like, it, it's mm-hmm. really hard because I really liked what documentary um, communicated. Yep. But I'm not sure how I, I, I would like to meet her is yes. my view on the yep. thing. But something that I thought was really interesting about her, and this is kind of what it comes back to with activists, is a lot of things she said was she's a very much a realist in terms of policy. Like she's an expert in US policy making, drafting, mm-hmm. executing. And she would say someone like Bernie Sanders would come out and say, free college education for all. And she's like, well, have you actually thought about how to do actually it. make that happen? Yeah. Like what, it, what you have to do behind the scenes to get that to pass. Mm-hmm. It's much more difficult and onerous than you understand. And she's like, I will not come out and lie to the public and say, well, I will make education free. Yeah. Like there's a, a snippet where someone was like, you have to ban fracking. And she's mm-hmm. like, I, I can't do that. That's actually not in my powers. Yes. Like you, the US cannot, like, and obviously we, Bernie said they could, we want to get to a place where we can do those sorts of things. But it's like, she probably in a lot of ways um, lost because she wasn't willing to lie. I mean, she won the nomination, but she mm-hmm. wasn't willing to lie to people and say you could do these things because she understood that it's kind of sometimes more important to dilute by 10% and get it through and miss a couple of things in order to later go in and secure those sort of rights and these sorts of things. And I think that kind of comes back to a lot of um, the issues and gripes I have with the kind of current activist movements and feminist movements Mm -hmm. is that sometimes I look at these things and I read them and I think, but that's actually not doable right now. Yeah. And I agree with and you. For the foreseeable. That's exactly it. And I, I really struggle with it because I'm like, I get so frustrated when, for example, like this is kind of going off topic, I know, but when Joe Biden won the election, everyone was like, yeah, but the system is flawed. And I'm like, we actually all know that if yeah. you're in the left wing, you probably <laughs> identify with those beliefs. Mm-hmm. But for now, this is a victory for human rights. Yeah. This is a victory for the fundamental understanding of people in one of the most powerful Western democracies. And it's actually kind of, it's not, not the word isn't disrespectful. I just struggle with it because I'm like, can we take a small win? Yeah. Can we take a small win and understand that we have had the better option right now? Yeah. And that's going to lead to many better options in the future. Mm-hmm. It's a small step process. And why are you tearing down any progress with, well, we've still got capitalism. Yeah. And it's like, we can't. We wouldn't know what to do with ourselves if we banned it overnight. Exactly. And it's like, it's really difficult because this is quite a controversial set of opinions, I guess. But it's kind of just like in many ways, and this does link back to the feminist movements and things. It's like, we need to be realistic in the steps that we can take. And one, that means not tearing each other down. Two, that means being an expert in specific areas and making small changes frequently mm-hmm. and working hard for the little things. And 
and really being proud of those victories. We should just be blatantly proud that Kamala Harris is the VP elect. Yeah. Why does it have to be, well, one time she voted on a bill that included this one provision in, mm-hmm. you know, section X. And it's like, holy shit. <laughs> but we Pol- don't, we're not even holding Republicans to the same standard. We're not. And like the rest of the country isn't. It's like in, in many ways, the left needs to unite. Yeah. Because I think a lot of the issues is we're holding people to this weird spectrum of standards that mean we're fighting with each other more than we're fighting against the cause again and against the opposing um side of the cause and it's it's completely frustrating to me because like i find it so exhausting when i read things that people post and i'm like i agree with you Mm -hmm. but you're attacking another left-wing person because they're supporting the victory of someone who is the better option yeah and that's like hurtful but i i find this to be the same thing as us attacking the older women in older movements of feminism Mm -hmm. it's like you are completely missing the point yeah And that is we're not moving forward if we're turning our backs to yell at someone from 50 years ago. They don't matter right now. They did what they did. Let's go forward. And also, if it weren't for them, we wouldn't be able to yell at them. (laughs) Like, let's just... That's exactly it. It's like, we needed them at that time to have that opinion and do those things. And maybe they're not up to scratch now. They've run out of software updates. It's not good enough, but hey, channel your anger for better things. Yeah. And I think a lot of them have run out of anger. Yeah. And I'd like to think that I will never run out of anger. But Same. maybe I will. Well, I have this with my mother all the time too, where she kind of rings me and she says, "You are so highly strong, blah 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 blah. You're so furious." The world is, and yeah. on social media, you're all so angry. I'm so passionate. I get it. I'm proud of you. <laughs> and it's, I said to her, "I was like, Mom, someone needs to be angry. A yeah. lot of people need to be angry." And I said, "Like, I might be exhausted like seventy percent of the time because I'm thinking so hard about all these issues. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, <laughs> if I can make a difference because I'm a bit." in pain all the time yeah i would rather than just be like floating on a cloud like i'm a bit ignorant and stupid to all the issues yes and my mum was like i live in a beautiful bubble where i just enjoy myself and i'm like that's not going to make change yeah i'm like i know you're older and that's lovely and you do listen to me whenever i complain about things and that's what you need to do but my mother's also one of those people that's like the first to say you can do whatever you want you know i believe in you do all these things blah blah Mm -hmm. blah. i don't care if you don't have kids my mum didn't want to have kids she moved overseas by herself didn't go to uni did all these things and probably in her era because her mother was a very very traditional housewife in Mm -hmm. a well sort of well-off home and i think what she did was outrageous in her time my mother was just like goodbye everyone i don't want to marry i don't want to have children she did was it a stance or was it just her just her yeah because some people are just like i just do my thing well my mom was someone who was in you know was a teenager as child of the 70s and um, wanted to have short hair, never wanted to wear a dress, always wanted to just fuck off and be gone and not yeah. do traditional things. And I think that was huge, probably. Mm. You know, obsessed with Diana, the classics. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and now my mum's the person who's like, your, sh- your skirt is quite short. <laughs> I don't think you should... It, it, uh, I don't know if I'm now being the one that the people that I just sort of complained about, but it does annoy me when that happens. Yeah. Um, but I guess, like, but it's the same. It goes, it goes both ways. Like, we shouldn't be you know talking shit about the second wave feminists but also they should be supporting us yeah. as well like because i i don't know my mum is uh, a little bit traditional in some ways um she doesn't really talk i don't know she wouldn't really say the skirt thing except to say that it's like unflattering she's like oh you know it'd be more flattering if you uh, like when i cut my hair she was like mm, you're gonna look like a boy and i'm like what she's like with the broad shoulders you're gonna look like a boy and i'm just like I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> like, we don't care about that stuff anymore. But it's hard because I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I don't know what my future maybe child exactly. is going to say to me and I'm going to say. Like, I don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. So it's really hard. I don't want to critique her. But I also understand, and this is the kind of second wave thing where, like, what Jermaine Grease says, like, you're wrong. But mm-hmm. I get where you're coming from. Like, when my mom says, do you have to go out and skirt that short? She doesn't mean it looks bad on you. She doesn't mean you can't. She means I just want to protect you. Yeah, exactly. From the eye of shitheads yeah and i get that Mm -hmm. but she's also the person that's like you know a good woman will fix a bad man i'm like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) but i understand that she's not living in my head and 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 seeing and reading and viewing and learning the same things that i am at this stage i get it but it's just really hard because especially because i have the knowledge that she was really progressive Mm -hmm. when she was my age yeah and i think it is a deep fear of mine that i will accidentally fall into those sort of things as i become older I just, some part of me thinks it's kind of inevitable. Like, I think that the best thing we can do is, uh, like, pass on the torch. Mm, yes. Um, and just be like, well, we, because that's how I feel. Um, 
and we'll probably do a podcast on gen- on like generational differences, but that's how I am millennial. <laughs> I didn't look this up today in case it went here, but yeah. Yeah, feel about like Gen Z. Like, because mm. I know like lots who like to make fun of Gen Z. I've recently found out that Gen Z has been making fun of millennials on TikTok. Sorry. Rude. Hold you personally. You're really not a millennial though. I know Me. you are. No, I actually think you're closer to the Gen Z. I don't understand Gen Z. I do. I mean, I think I you're am... just a millennial. No, I'm not. And the reason I'm not, I've been, I was actually looking in this, into this today because I thought it would go here and you'd try and do this and attack me, <laughs> violate my human rights with this bullshit. Um, but <laughs> I was going to say something nice, but anyway. What, one of the things I've read, and I was like, yeah, Kristen, isn't this, is like the things that like, Gen Z and make fun of millennials for is things like, why do uh, millennials think that um, your Harry Potter house is a personality trait? Like, why are they like 35 <laughs> year olds who are like, I am such a Hufflepuff, lol. You know? And that's so true. It is Millennials true. are like the first people that kind of like took, like understood and worked with the internet and like yeah. were really all over that sort of stuff. Yeah, for sure. But it's funny because now like, you look at the memes that when I was kind of getting into Facebook, millennials are producing and they're just shite. Oh, but yeah. it's funny how those things have developed. And Also, we've kind of held on to those. Like, millennials will still use, like, jokes from memes back from a decade ago. Whereas Gen Z, like, if you say a meme that's, like, a week old, it's mm. just, like, that meme's over. No, agree. It moves too fast now. Yes. But it's also funny because, like, Gen Z can really fuck up in that. Um, I've seen like a lot of Gen Z who are like, oh, I found this cool Fleetwood Mac song from like a TikTok video. And like, you didn't know the song Go Your Own Way. <laughs> what? And it's just weird, but it's an upbringing thing because you forget how far away you are from that time. Whereas yes. I feel, I do feel really in the middle. Yeah. But you think about it, millennials, including 40 year olds. Yeah, it goes up to 40. Whereas realistically, Gen Z is kind of like anyone under 25 at this point. Well, I think that it's, I think the millennials are in two groups. There's like the old, the elder millennials. millennials. And then there's like, yeah. The, regular ones and you have got the elder ones who are like hee hee slytherin that was such a slytherin thing i did and like very much like drinking coffee it's a personality trait like lol caffeine buzz buzz also the older ones have a bee in their bonnet because they don't want to be called millennials agree it's It's like you are but it's like every generation has a gripe with the elder and younger yes exactly it's the same like because well i think that gen x mostly like millennials because they pretty much like the same it's quite similar but no but i think gen x and millennials are closer like elder millennials tried harder to be gen x you're probably so it's quite an overlay i think one thing we can agree on is everyone hates baby boomers well i was actually gonna say this because a lot of those the people who were in the gap between Mm. the third between the suffragettes and the second wave were boomers it's really interesting, isn't it? Like, I know there were, you know, people like Hillary Clinton is a boomer. She was so far ahead of her time. Exactly. But she's kind of an outlier. Yeah. Most of them came later. Like, again, like my mum's generation. It has me thinking about, I, I was looking into this today and thinking like, when does the fourth wave start? What's the difference between the third and the fourth wave and what's like the moment? So in my opinion, and I don't, no, this isn't this isn't the fact. <laughs> in my opinion, the fourth wave is more to do with like digital, like it's yeah. happening online. And I think so. The third wave is like I guess stereotypically known as um, the wave that reclaimed femininity. Yeah. Um. After the second wave were kind of perceived as more masculine to yeah. try and and um and I don't have a problem with that. I think that there is a lot to say for women particularly in the workplace being like okay well men have this and i want it so yeah. i'll just um become more masculine and i'll call, i'll develop all of those traits that are respected in men which is um when i think about that i just think it's really sad like yes. it's a shame but I, it's kind of like a necessary evil anyway so the third wave came along and they were like we don't have to like have shaved heads and hairy armpits and we can wear dresses yeah. again and blah 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 it's kind of like the stereotype and then i think that the when i guess like 2010 is like when instagram started yeah so i think that that i don't know activism kind of went online yeah which made me think it's a note i wrote down after watching um some videos on second wave feminists and what struck me about them was that they were all like in the documentary seem uh, perceived as very tough women yeah and it actually made me think and again i don't I might be being the person that I'm just complaining about, but it kind of made me think like there's so many like, you know, third, third, fourth wave feminists who their activism exists on the internet. Yes. And I'm not speak. I'm, 
only speaking about a specific group and I know it's not fair to generalize but there are lots of them out there yeah. whose activism does exist in their Instagram stories yes. and that's it and I have lots of gripes about that that I'm not going to go into because it's not relevant today um but I just thought like here are all of these women these second wave women like you know Jane Fonda types and mm. a lot of them were celebrities I um I would admit talking about you know how much they fought against um like a lot of black women all of the like trying to straddle like the civil rights movement with the feminist movement because both movements wanted their full attention and they felt like they were straddling it and they didn't fit into either fully yeah. and wanted to do both and um like pushing in the workplace there was a woman there who said she, she was at college and in the u.s and uh professors wouldn't call on her they wouldn't even answer her questions because she's a woman and the they are the women who like really kind of were groundbreaking and made change and then i i thought about the the people who are instagram activists who are shitting on those second wave feminists and i'm like what the fuck are you doing like yeah. these are very tough women who have like literally done stuff and then there's a whole group and community of instagram feminists yeah. instagram activists who are not doing anything except for bragging about the, you know, the terms that they know yeah it's just virtue signaling and it just really bothers me because i'm like you'd it's so ironic first of all but it's like how dare you <laughs> I like you agree. like we we as feminists who are benefiting from all of that past yeah should be the first people to acknowledge the struggle that they went through we should not be the first people to criticize them and that's not to say that we are not allowed to criticize them ever but we have to in my opinion recognize that and recognize that we wouldn't be anywhere without them makes me angry yeah it's like i constantly think oh you i get it you bought a book you're on the first chapter and you want yeah. to post about it look at i got today i'm just highlighting my favorite <sighs> phrase i know and another thing that i noticed about second wave feminists one of the notes i've just written jane fonda um <laughs> love her what a queen so i've written second wave feminists doing what their mums couldn't slash inspired them to so there was quite a theme of this in the interviews that i watched a lot of the women were like oh like i got where i am because of my mum," and my mum was like you can be anything you can do anything and i think well definitely like our generation grew up being told we can do everything anything we want um and then we have to find out ourselves that we can't but i think back then the mums of the second wave feminists the progressive ones were saying like it's going to be really hard but i believe that you can like smash the, the glass wall. ceiling yeah. yes exactly um so i think that that was one thing that came up and then the ones who didn't find who weren't like in quotes inspired by their mums were doing it because was, were doing it because their mums couldn't yeah because it's like well my mum couldn't do this she worked hard for us and she had to work in the home um because she didn't have any other options so you know because of her sacrifice i'm going to do blah i think it's like the classic with like we've got a lot of momentum and there's been mm. so many changes in a, sh in a relatively short historical period of time and so that's when you see women now in who are you know a decade or two older than us who are like oh but we're so close like yeah we should appreciate the rights that we've got and all these mm -hmm. things and blah 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 and it's like yeah. no 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 you don't understand you don't understand that like at my friend's current workplace she has one coordinator earning thirty thousand dollars a year less yeah and she's a female and she doesn't know yeah she doesn't know mm -hmm. and it's like you actually forget that those things exist mm -hmm. and people actually always and constantly undermine the fact that the wage gap still exists and yep. that there still is like sexual assault i think sexual violence generally mm. is um one of the most prominent factors still existent in our current movement and what we're trying to fight against yep. it's like to fight and claim that there is still the existence of this inequality through like the workplace and things mm -hmm. but to also like move on to especially like domestic violence yeah. and it's more just like a lot of especially because those things are quite private and mm -hmm. they're usually within the home it becomes a really hard conversation because it's hard to identify how rampant it is and statistics tell us how rampant it is but because people don't see it yes they kind of refuse to um that to acknowledge that it exists in many ways mm -hmm. and i think that a lot of time it's like well especially for uh, like my mom's generation and her mom's generation it's like well you know some things are private and you know between yeah and it's, it's hard it's also hard because like 
I watch a lot of, for example, like my mother, in a way I'm like, you're so progressive because she said, I'm not being treated right by my husband and I am going to get a fucking divorce and I don't care what everyone in this small town is going to say about me, but I would rather be poor yeah. and alone with my children mm-hmm. than with this person. Yeah. And like, I really respect that. Yeah. It's hard because then in other ways she's failing and not recognising that some things do exist and blah, blah, blah. And, inst- and the way to fight back against sexual violence is not to say put on a longer skirt. Yeah. But there's all these issues surrounding recognition of what the actual core crux of the problem is mm-hmm. with these things. And like defeating them isn't by ignoring them or pretending they're not there or saying, well, it doesn't even exist these days. Like, yes. I think there's this whole issue with approach and there's a whole issue of communication between older and younger generations. It just kind of makes sense exactly with what you said. Like, it used to be, well, it was because of my mum. Yeah. But now we've got, I think, a failing, and I'm, this is not my mother. My mother's very good. But I think we've got a failing of people a little bit older than us in saying, instead of saying, oh, we've come so fast, we should just we could just take a breather. Mm-hmm. It's like, keep the momentum going. Yes. I think the, there's like, with the Me Too movement, which has emerged in what, the last five, I think it's five years. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think there's like three core events that triggered that. Mm-hmm. The TMZ Hollywood tape of, Trump, yeah, with grabbing by the pussy, yeah. Christine Blasey Ford testifying against Brett mm. Kavanaugh, mm-hmm. and the third Weinstein, yes, that that whole breaking that New York Times breaking that, and I think those three things the perfect momentum to kind of like relight the fire yeah. in a sense, yes, for sure, um, because it was, and that's when I think the digital thing really comes into play. Yes, not exactly. saying that's when the fourth wave starts. I think it's a bit earlier than that, mm. but I think that the motion. Because that's the same sort of time as when um, the Brock Turner rape case occurred the, yes. with Chanel Miller um, on Stanford campus. Mm-hmm. And there was also another movement I remember, I can't remember what school it was, but where a girl, I think, carried her mattress around oh, yes. um, her campus until her rapist was expelled from the university. Yeah, And these sort of movements were around that sort of, you know, 2012 to 2016 period. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a huge, huge propellant for the yeah. movement again, I think. For sure. The media really took hold of those things, which was helpful. Yes. It, thank you. Thank Thanks, you, guys. <laughs> you fucking um, failed in many another ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. And what you were saying about how, yeah, there are some people from, you know, previous generations who will say like, you know, but we've got a lot. So mm. can't we just be thankful? Because I wonder if maybe they see it as threatening what they did. Why do you think... I just, that just popped into my head. Sorry. So I think that one of the things that the second wave feminists most struggle with, blanket, is breaking down the binary. Because they don't. Because they have a struggle with femininity. Exactly. So they're kind of like, well, we struggled so hard for blah, and they are up with gay rights. Yes. But it's just kind of like a step, you know, the next step, then just not quite grabbing it. Because they, I, I guess it's think, hard to say because you don't want to try and yeah I don't want you to don't want to be like this is what they think you don't even want to give it airtime I know but exactly. it is impl- but it is something I, I wonder it, like where does this come from exactly I think it probably they probably see it as a threat to their Work, um, rights yeah. as women yeah I get yeah, but that they've worked for I it's really unfortunate mm. it, it is because it, it it does make you go just fucking shut up yeah just be quiet like yeah. I'm sorry but it's it's this thing where it's like the fundamental goals of, of feminism mm. are you have the right to choose. And there's yeah. things I struggle with and I do vocalise. I actually used to work with a guy who said to me before I exposed myself as a feminist. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Scandal. That he was specifically looking for a woman who didn't have any like hopes and dreams that were related to a career because he just wanted to be the working person and he wanted to get a job where he would be moving frequently and traveling. He, in quotes, needed a woman who was going to just be happy, staying at home with the kids and looking after things and making sure the dinner was on the table whenever he deemed to come home. And that made me really angry. Because. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine if I said that about a man. Well, I wouldn't like that either. Yeah. But... It would be less acceptable yes, if a man said that to sure. another man. They'd be like, "Oh, but these days, you know what I mean." Yes, like, yeah. but if I said that, most people would be like, "What?" Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Well, it. I think it because when he said it, it like it bothered me, and then I was kind of like, "Well, I guess like people want what they want." I suppose. Like, I was trying to be really fair, but then I found out that he actually um, now has a fiance. 
and I was like, I got angry again <laughs> <laughs> because I just felt like he was looking, like he didn't say anything about intelligence, but I just felt like he was kind of implying with the language that he was using. I'm looking for someone who will not be my intellectual equal. And then to me, that just said, you're looking for someone who will you can follow you. Exactly. Will follow everything you say, will go with you wherever, will make your favorite dinner. And it's abusive. Yes. And that's the issue is like, it's actually quite a fine line because there are traditional yes. relationships that are loving and caring and all these things. Mm-hmm. But I just don't see, see that them. being the majority. And this is what it comes back to. And I want you to take the hint I'm giving you to um, roll into the next topic that I want to roll into, mm-hmm. which is the certain responsibilities women in prominent positions have yes to and again we were talking about this the other day um with the mama mia article that we talked about mm-hmm. profusely for the whole week essentially but yeah it's hard to hold women to a higher standard we do we hold women to a higher standard in looking out for women yep. than we hold men to so for example like our issue this week was like mama mia is probably the leading women's media company in australia and their purpose is to make the world a better place for women and girls and yet a lot of their content and one article in particular that we consumed last week is just woeful it's like actually atrocious Mm. personally i think and um my thought is like how how can we possibly accept this standard and why are women like oh my god incredible writing mm-hmm. incredible when it's written like, by third red feminist by the way exactly and it's like i'm holding you to a higher standard than i am from writers for fox sports and the daily mail because you have a responsibility mm-hmm. to care for the interests of women yep. and to promote material which serves our best interests yes this next segment discusses alleged sexual assault and may not be appropriate nor suitable for some listeners and the article was essentially um, the title of the article itself was um, Jared Hayne, Jack DeBellin, and the other sports stars who never learned how to have sex. And the thing for me is, and Sorry. I said this to Kristen earlier, like this made me fucking furious because like the people that were sharing it to their Instagram, like Laura Byrne, who most people, if you're listening to this, would know, um, was the winner of The Bachelor um, in the season with Maddie J. And she's one of my favorite people I follow on Instagram because she's a really smart businesswoman. She runs one of the she runs one of the most successful podcasts in the country, Life Uncut. She's incredibly prominent with over a quarter of a million Instagram followers, and she was like, "Oh, read this, like fantastic." And I just thought I was absolutely gobsmacked. Like, foremost, my issue with this article there's it's two parts. I mean, there's many parts. <laughs> First of all, that headline mm. is communicating that the burden is once again placed on others, probably women, mm-hmm. to teach men how not to rape. Yeah. Right? And um, correlating it with sex education yeah. in school. Correlating the idea that, oh, well, these offences that are in, like, court trials in New South Wales mm-hmm. are could have been solved if, you know, mum and dad sat down for a better birds and the bees talk at, you know, the age of 13. And... This is slightly off topic, but I'll be very brief. That I think the onus is being put more on teachers yeah. in schools for that, which, by the way, teaching predominantly women, every single thing that happens in society, people go back and blame teachers. Yeah. And they're like, why didn't they learn this at school? No funding. Exactly. They don't have the ability to. It's University not... standard for teaching, low. Exactly. So, and again, like women, women are all the teachers. Mm. The male teachers are predominantly at the top. They're the principals. Yeah. And then the women are it's the ones actually in the, yeah, and this is a male like teacher. Const- wow. It's, no, but it's, so, it's constantly what I think about. It's like when we think about like gender equality, especially in the workforce as well, again, off topic. When we think about women in male roles, like women in like traditionally male roles, so like a, a female engineer, yeah. right? It's like, oh, weird. She doesn't fit in with the boys. Mm-hmm. When we think about a male hairdresser or, or a nurse. male teacher or a male nurse, it is put on wow. a pedestal. Yeah. They're like a fun novelty. Mm. They're considered better at the job. Yeah. Um, it, it's like even male makeup artists taking mm. over YouTube. Like yes. when you think about the demographic of like James Charles and people, like mm-hmm. it's crazy to me that in every aspect of our lives, when a man does something that's a novelty, it's like, oh my God, they're the best. And when a yeah. woman kind of tries to push in, her way in, holy, that just gets me. This really gets me. Anyway, and moment. women's roles are considered should be less paid like childcare yeah like things like that it's like oh well it's carers work exactly women's work but yeah it goes back to this article and as we said 
earlier, if you want to talk about the thing that bothered you about the content of the piece. I would love to, Hannah. Thank you. That's okay. Just passing <laughs> off there. So <laughs> the thing that bothered me about the content, and I'm absolutely sweating. You know, yeah, we actually are very hot so as well. <laughs> it's also very hot. Is that throughout the entire article, the assumption the assumption that the article was based on was that these football players were telling the truth when they said that they didn't assault mm. these women so there was one example where um one of them sent a text to his mom and just said oh mom I, it was nothing weird it was just normal sex and the author the journalist the journalist's response was like oh how could he think that was normal when she was bleeding and <sighs> that means that she thinks that he was being honest when he said to his mom, I didn't rape that woman. When, like, first of all, she made very, like, made lots of care to say allegedly throughout the whole article, mm. like, oh, this is an alleged assault trial, which I get it, journalism, ethics, blah, blah. It is an allegation. But you're not treating it as one because you are assuming and giving him the benefit of thinking that he truly thought that it was an enjoyable time. You're not saying allegedly he believed this text when he said it to his exactly. mum. You're saying allegedly he's being convicted of this charge. Allegedly this happened. Yes. But when it comes to like the context surrounding the evidence and the facts, you're like, well... <laughs> he just thought it of was normal. Of course he told Janice. Like, exactly. <laughs> oh, he just thought it was normal. As if, like, some a man would, you know, rape a woman and then call his mum and be like, oh, hello, mum. Yeah, you know she that screamed I... no, like, a hundred times, lol. Like, exactly. it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And I just, like, giving them the benefit of the doubt. I know it's all I learned, But giving them the benefit of the doubt, which, by the way, if you take a look at the news, we do constantly for football players or sports stars as was in the headline but mostly footy players mm. it, they're given the benefit of the doubt again and again and again and again and again and it's just assumed that he truly thought it was normal yeah and and apparently that's the problem and why is it that the woman is always framed as having like oh this is just a case of bias remorse exactly it's always framed as that no one actually talks about the, the context behind her text she left and she texted someone help, help. i can't get past this because for me the headline conveys so much, but mostly what it conveys is like, if, and I think most women are victims of sexual assault, whether they're aware of it or not. I think yeah. some, women don't, some women don't know how to identify that what's happened to them is sexual assault and sexual violence. But like, I think we can easily say we've both experienced a sexual assault in our time mm -hmm. against ourselves. And to read that, I am not particularly, like any experience I've had hasn't been particularly violent. But even to read that headline, I think that is absolutely traumatizing for a victim of rape yeah that is disgusting to read an article read but um written and also made a podcast on this specific article yeah. days Where they later doubled down on they it. doubled down on like multiple women who yep. are at the helm of this company right mm -hmm. for them to go for one them to link it back to porn culture Ugh. and then to talk about how it's like a health it's an education and health issue like it's a fucking missed pe class right and they said that porn culture it was because our oh, young like men of this generation watch so much porn i oh, do too. <laughs> and also did like did were the first rapist millennials we shouldn't be laughing but it's just ridiculous it's, to me it's comical in how ridiculous it is i can't get past it because the thing is and what struck me as just the worst possible element of this is that all the comments were like yes girl preach yeah they and were yes i it. was just like i can't yeah why is no one seeing the issue and they're like mm -hmm. hey, thank you for putting it into words all my feelings and i'm like as a victim, and most women are victims of something of this nature, to read an article which is saying like, oh my God, these boys need help, yeah. is just embarrassing. It is repulsive. Mm -hmm. It's repugnant. I cannot spit into this microphone harder about it. <laughs> it honestly has left me feeling like I need a shower the entire week. Yeah. Because I don't understand why women read that and were like, oh my, brilliant. What a, what a piece. <laughs> no one reads <laughs> my pieces and says that. <laughs> <laughs> it's truly outrageous it is and the thing is i'm 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 sitting here thinking what am i missing yeah i know that's what i why thought. do i feel like i'm in the wrong for going felt, what the fuck is this yeah i felt so isolated in because hannah just sent me the headline like just the just the headline with basically no context and you were like what is this headline something like that and i was like 
what and it grew uh, like it a festering grew. turd inside yes. of us the whole yeah. week because i saw it first saw it and i thought i don't like that yeah and then you know i sat with it for about an hour and then i read the article yeah and then i was like oh my god this this raging fire mm-hmm. just sort of lit it like i was ablaze by the end of the day like yeah and then i was like we have to do something or say something and then it just kept growing to the point where i was like i have to talk about this like i just i can't get over it because i don't Honestly, I'm not a I'm not a Mamma Mia fan. You were um, <laughs> embarrassing for you. But it's really tough because I think and what I my problem is I'm like, are you aiming at the second wave? Mm. Like, is your content like aiming at like our mums? And I think that's what I feel like that's what it started as. Yeah. But um, they have lots of young employees. Yeah, and a lot of the writers are our age. Yeah, my issue is like. Is the conversation they're trying to provoke that, like, we should be looking toward to our sons and thinking, like, what do they need to stop this from happening? And I do, in some capacity, think, okay, yes. If sex education on female pleasure mm. and um, how we should treat people in the bedroom and consistently ask for consent and blah, 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 that's important. Those are important things. But why did the headline mm-hmm. frame itself that way? Why couldn't we have said... Why couldn't they... I'm not going to take any part of the we of that. Why couldn't they have said allegations against sports stars means we need to take make protest or, you know, really look at the education system mm. surrounding consent yeah. or, you know, like the legality surrounding mistake of fact in Australia or something. Like, why couldn't it have been more directed mm-hmm. and not have really shifted blame? Yeah. And it's really shifting from a sports star mm-hmm. who, you know, sports in... Sports star. Foot... Ball in general is a violent sport. Yeah. And it's all about, you know, sweat and rubbing up against each other and, you know, concussions and violence and all these things. But why are we once again putting these men on a pedestal, forgiving them and subjecting to them to this, like, questions of, like, oh, do you know how to finger? Like, do you know how, like, do you know what bleeding means? Like, that's bullshit. No one's yeah. ever seen blood and been like, oh, whoopsie. <laughs> like, what the thing. fuck? Like, yeah. it's actually ridiculous, especially for young women who are probably going out and having sex with different people mm. to go, oh, you know, I'm just sure that when he texted, you know, Karen, his mum, you know, oh, I think it was normal sex. Like, we, why is that the piece of evidence that completely constructs the argument of that entire article? Exactly. Why is that the basis for, like, a sex education problem in Australia and not the actual evidence that it's a fucking rape trial? It's because it, it is, and we talked about this earlier um, off the podcast, but it, it is an important topic. Mm. But it's not the time nor place. Yeah, and it's not and it's not the way to execute it. And exactly. the headline is disgraceful. And it's not related. Yeah. Rape is not about sex. No. It is about power and violence and it is a crime. It is not about sex. No. And like the correlation between the two is They're not synonymous. Disgusting. They're not the same because sex is consent. Yeah. Sex and consent, same. I mean not really. I can consent to having a lollipop, but I get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah rape is rape you cannot say like oh do you, i fuck i just cannot get, get my head around this because it's it's not sex what they had wasn't sex no again allegation mm-hmm. but still yeah oh my god and do better yes. i just don't understand no i neither do i and like i just and i know you've been speaking like for the last week about like you know this is doing so much damage to victims mm. of sexual um violence or assault and i don't think i've actually fully thought about it until just now when you were talking like that the the woman who is like the alleged victim has to read that headline yeah. and like people who like imagine like your friend coming to you and say i was assaulted last night and be like oh unfortunately that guy didn't know how to have sex yeah like what um, when the he fuck? saw imagine me sitting down with you and being like Kristen, when he saw the blood coming out of your vagina do you think that he was like, oh my god, I missed a health class in year nine? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, I've gone actually ridiculous about this, but it's just so sad to me that like the expectations for what men are capable of thinking, feeling, and understanding is so much lower. Mm-hmm. If a man, if a woman raped a man in this sort of context, their career would be destroyed forever. It wouldn't be like, when are they getting back on the field? When will they be allowed to play again? Yeah. And it also wouldn't be a question of whether they knew what they were doing because we expect a certain level of maturity, mm-hmm. comprehension, and smarts. And, yeah. and, and just general knowledge from women in a way that we don't expect the same thing from men, especially um, football players, because we want to justify their actions so that they can continue being prominent people. Exactly. We don't so want to cancel can be atta- them. entertained by them. No, but why is it that like a like 
I've also seen lately, and I, I don't really know what my position is on these sort of things, but like, um, like influencers who have been getting sort of cancelled in the media for like tweets they made when they were like 12 and first mm. got Instagram and Twitter in like 2008. Mm-hmm. And they were, you know, it was like bitches and sluts and whores was like words yeah. that they used in their tweets. Yeah. And people like cancelled. And it's like, why mm. did Jack DeBellin allegedly rape a woman yeah. in with a co-accused? Mm-hmm. And they're saying, oh, he must have missed something. And even in that Mamma Mia article, it said, oh, he was really concerned about his career being ended. Yeah. In my opinion, and this is just my opinion, but as a co-founder of a media company, (laughs) in my opinion, it is not helpful to give even like a second of airtime to his concern. Yeah. Like, I don't give a shit about his concern about his career. If you have a concern about your career, don't commit a crime, okay? Oh, my God. Like, it's not that hard. And just the fact that it was even mentioned is just so disgraceful particularly because we know that he's going to be fine yeah like even if he is like you know found guilty he's going to be fine because the history has shown us that yeah and what we're communicating to victims consistently from a women's media company no Mm -hmm. less is that actually it's not about you yeah this survivorship that you've managed like this position that you're in it's actually not about you. We're actually going to look at um, why the man ended up this way and like how we can get him back on track. Yes. It's not about healing your trauma. It's not about looking at you and saying like, how can we support this person through this time? Mm-hmm. It's about saying, oh, well, you know, he was on TV um, and on grass running around touching other men. So how do we get him back there as fast as possible? Exactly. And that's fucking disturbing. And that's everyone's agenda. And I think that like you did touch on it earlier, but I don't love that we're holding a women's media company to higher standard than Fox News yeah. and Daily Mail. I don't like that. Unfortunately, the reality is that we've come to expect this stuff from Fox News and yeah. the Daily Mail. And again, I don't like to do this, but I just think it, I think that they should be held to a high standard because they've put themselves in that position of being for women, yeah. by women. And I also think that I didn't, article like that from a women's media company does more damage because yes. of the audience and the that readership they have. yeah absolutely exactly. the victim the victim's friends and family women who know uh, have been sexually assaulted are the ones victims are the ones who are going to read that headline yes because and they as have we read know, it because it went absolutely viral women are more likely to be victims of sexual violence so when these women read this article and that's the thing especially when you go to the comments and you have literal celebrities mm. saying like yes yeah hand clap hand clap hand clap it's like do you know what that's communicating mm-hmm. once again you are fucking affirming validating and reiterating that the assault mm, that the sole purpose is to support the man back to his position yep. by saying that an issue has clearly happened in his life and he's missed a class. He's mm. missed the memo. Yeah. And it's like, there's actually no memo about yeah. rape. Mm. You are saying my pleasure is about your pain and the lack of autonomy that you have over your own body right now. Exactly. And that's just disgusting. There's no mistake about it. Well, do we say that when men are f- or people are found to be embezzling? Yeah. Oh, there was no class about not embezzling yeah. at school. Oh. We don't even learn about taxes. There was no class about embezzling. Um, so we'll link in the description of the podcast, the article and posts that we made about this topic. Yes. For your pleasure. For your reading pleasure. I don't, not a good enough reason to use the word pleasure after all we just talked about. <laughs> For your consumption. Yes. Please share. If you found us just totally relatable and quirky, come back next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, head to cheekmedia.com.au to tide you over until then. Bye. Goodbye.